1: The Bucs finally have a tight end who is big and fast and confident, and he's in sync with Tom Brady, and it's not Rob Gronkowski. We'll tell you about how the juice has been on the loose for the Bucs, and they also signed two players, the guy who's leading them in interceptions during practice. Yeah, well, he wasn't drafted. We'll tell you who that is. The Rays split their series with Buffalo, er, Toronto, and we're halfway through the Major League Baseball season. Where do the Rays stand? We'll get you ready for game two tonight between the Lightning and the Boston Bruins. We've got all of that and more on this loaded edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, before we get started, I have to ask, how did uh, school day one Get get going for your, your family there? Were there? Did you do the signs? Did you do the... Oh, yes, know? we
0: did the signs. Although, I, you know, I don't know if we have to do them again next week when they go back to brick and mortar. Assuming they go back to brick and mortar, who knows what's going to happen now. Well, yeah. But yeah, we did the signs. Of course, have... it didn't help that Zoom had issues this morning worldwide.
1: Did they? Did it really? Yeah. Wow.
0: Zoom was having... Uh, they had some major issues worldwide with Zoom. I don't know if it's because Ooh, half the world went that. back to school or just, you know, coincidence. but Yeah. And Canvas, I think, had some issues too. That's the app that they're using. There were some Canvas is a there. new app, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was reports some people having issues signing on, and they kind of got overwhelmed. I don't know if that was true. That's what you saw, see people on Facebook or whatever saying. But
1: yeah, kids got up early and they were on their on their computers and and talking to all their teachers, and not much the teacher could do because it's you know it's virtual learning. and It's the first week, which they're just kind of getting used to. You know who's in the class and and things like that. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll hope that, uh, you know, at least for, for my kids sake that they're able to go back safely soon. Um, preferably next week we'll, we'll, we'll find out. But, uh, first day of school, um, the world continues to spin as does, as does football. And, uh, I was out at, uh, the Advent healthcare center again on uh, Monday. It was a clam bake, although there was a little bit of a breeze. Um, it's hot out there. I'm not going to lie to you. And I know why Tom Brady wants to practice at 830 in the morning. Um, the other day, you know, we, we talked about the running backs and, and sort of how, you know, Ronald Jones was dropping a lot of balls, even in warm-ups, and uh, that kind of continued throughout the day in practice. Well, it started that way in warm-ups again. It was weird. It was like, you know, Jones' first throw against air, Butterfingers it, and then Keyshawn Vaughn drops one. And, you know, the guys that could catch, of course, McCoy, And Darby and Gumawale, they were fine. But they they did do better in the team drills. It wasn't wasn't something that carried over when they went 11-on-11. But I'll tell you, uh, the guy who is catching the football, and and there's a lot of them. Obviously, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are doing very well. But, I mean, O.J. Howard, based on how he looked a year ago, he looks and is playing, more importantly, he's playing like a totally different player. I mean... You know, you could make an argument that, um, you know, here's a guy that was rumored to be on the trade block going back two years ago in October, and then certainly last October when they got around the trade deadline, the New England Patriots uh, reportedly, according to my sources, the Patriots may could could be possibly interested in O.J. Howard. So we were running up to O.J. Howard, hey, what would you think about the trade of the Patriots, and, of course, all he could say is, like, look, you know, I'm thrilled if anybody wants me. You know that that would be a great honor if that's if that's what's going to happen. I don't know anything, and he didn't know anything. Um, and then we get to the off season, and you know, OJ is watching. You know, the Bucks go out and sign Rob Gronkowski. So you're thinking, you know, this guy's probably going to be on the block again. And there were reports that you know maybe he was maybe he was out of here. Um, that they were trying to move him and that never came to fruition. In fact, um, not only did they keep OJ Howard, but they picked up his fifth year option for 2021, which is about six and a half million dollars or so. So, you know, but OJ Howard, who I've actually got to meet him uh, and his family pretty well when he was a rookie, um, you know, he was a guy from a small town in Alabama, um, you know went to a private school was just a tremendous athlete his his family is his folks are great people his dad works in a paper mill in a boiler room and or did um before o j got signed and his mom was a nurse and and they're just salt of the earth type people hard working folk um he was always well liked and just you know great athlete played baseball all of that. Um, and so he went to Alabama and he became a big star and he was MVP of a national championship and, you know, did, did all these great things and he gets drafted 19th overall. And I thought he played pretty well, you know, raw, obviously to the pro game, but played pretty well as far as, uh, I thought his first, first season, his rookie season, and then a little bit into his second year as well, but both, both seasons were kind of cut short by, Really freakish ankle injuries. Guy fell on the back of his leg. Misses two games, misses four games the next year with an ankle injury. So things kept happening to OJ, but the production was there. I mean, for the amount of games he played, uh, he scored a lot of touchdowns. And so you look, you know, you looked at him and you go, "Wow, this is a guy that's six sticks 251 pounds, runs a four-five forty. He's really going to be a tough matchup for his career. He's going to have a great career. And then last year it all just kind of didn't feel right. It all just kind of crashed down. I mean, he had a new system to learn under Bruce Arians. Um, You know, uh, we didn't know how Arians was going to incorporate a tight end like him in the passing game. He played a lot of snaps because he was there, you know, during the run game too. Um, But I didn't think he was in great shape. And then they went to England, and when they went over there and played Carolina and got beat, you know, the whole team had a week off uh, after that game, a bye week told them all you know here's your workout program now don't just don't just sit around you know get get busy working out and he claims to have done that but all i know is that when he came back um first day back in in practice he pulled a hammy and he was out for a number of weeks and they kind of got mad at him to be honest with you they felt like hey you know what's going on with this guy he's you know having a bad year then we remember against the saints you know the butt fumble where he lost the ball behind his back and you know just all this stuff was happening um but O.J. Howard, when when they brought in, you know, uh, you know the Pro Bowl tight end and Gronk, instead of going in the jar, I mean, he embraced it. You know, he uh, was part of that crew that went to Berkeley all the time. He was part of that group, um, you know, that did did the extra work in the summer, and he got to know Brady very very well, and he got to know Gronkowski, who came out there a few times, and he was helping Gronkowski. Learn the playbook because you know Rob and Tom both um needed some guidance in that area. But all I know is that when you watch this guy practice, and I've watched him for a couple years, I've never seen him be as detailed in his route running, um, you know, get in and out of breaks as quickly as he has, and more importantly, um, he's caught everything like he you rarely see a drop from OJ Howard, his hands look sure again and and he's he's you know he's in great shape i mean he's back to looking like some kind of a superhero so um you know i i really expect that you know that personnel when they go with the two tight ends that 12 personnel gronkowski oj howard evans godwin that's going to be pretty much their base defense and they'll they'll move guys in and out from there whether it's scotty miller or you know uh, justin watson and these kind of guys but um you know, and the thing is, Howard said, "You know, look at um I was excited you know to to learn from Tom Brady and who wouldn't you know who wouldn't want to be in that situation and grinkowski, I've helped him um he's helped me, and um you know he's been working on his footwork and in terms of run blocking and different things, so if I were a fantasy owner and I don't give out fantasy advice, but I really do believe that um." You know, OJ Howard is going to see a lot of action. I don't know how long Gronkowski plays or how many how many snaps he gets during the game. I don't think Howard's going to come out of the game, though. I think he's the guy that's going to be the inline blocker for the most part, and is also going to be out there quite a bit um, with Gronkowski. And so, um, check out the story that I wrote in the Tampa Bay Times, and you can read you know Howard's comments and and some of the things that uh, you know that we discussed with him, and also what. Bruce Arians had to say about him, you know, and, and Bruce just said, hey, the guy's always been accountable. Um, you know, I'm not surprised, uh, but he, he just, he does. He looks like uh, almost a completely different player and what the Bucks had hoped he would be. And then, you know, you got to do it in the games. I mean, this is, you know, they're still out there going against their own defense. So a lot of things look good right now. Um, but I do believe that, uh, you know, that when you got Howard, you got Breit. You got Anthony Claire, You got Gronkowski. That's that is a solid tight end room uh, with some really good playmakers and and uh, yeah. So uh, interesting to uh, to talk to OJ. Uh, there's one other guy out there though I wanted to mention, and then we'll get to a couple of other things from uh, Bucks training camp. A guy named Parnell Motley uh, is starting to show up. Who? who? That's right. Uh, yeah. Who? Kid from Oklahoma, Steve. That. Played oh, cornerback. he must be a wide
0: receiver or running back, right?
1: <laughs> right. Um, no one comes from Oklahoma that plays defense that I know of, right? Other well, ask, than ask Urban Cohen. Meyer.
0: The Big 12 doesn't play defense.
1: They don't. Uh, yeah. And, and that's what people believe. But apparently they do play a little bit of it because this kid who maybe it was because he's from the Big 12 and he got overlooked or maybe teams threw away from him and he didn't have great numbers. I think he had six sacks or six interceptions in his career. Um, but yeah, Parnell Motley was undrafted. So he comes in on a, uh, basically a free agent rookie contract and all of a sudden the guy is catching everything that's thrown in his direction. I mean, um, one of the reasons why defensive backs are not wide receivers is that very few of them can have, cat, have can catch. They all, you know, they have suspect hands to mm-hmm. be in with, um, this dude, if it hits his hands, he ain't dropping it, man. Can, and, and this can, started, can they
0: transfer him to running back.
1: <laughs> well um maybe that's another that might be a we good. we talked idea. about that yesterday that the running backs yeah. are having some issues it didn't do it you know what And ups did any better they're going against the air and they were all just like doinking them i mean right off the hands it's like you know like you know and they're screaming at themselves and uh, it got a little better during the practice when they're going 11 on 11 but yeah ronald jones i don't look i i i think he's going to be a good running back i know he they think he's their best but Um, still not there as a receiver for sure. Um, you know, so that was something to watch. And then we had, um, so, so Motley, you know, Motley just makes interceptions every day and he's going to, he's going to make this football team. Now he's got to do it on special teams. That's the one thing, you know, when you look at the corners and you got Dean and, you know, you've got Carlton Davis, um, Ryan Smith is probably on this football team. Um, you know, there, there's a good, you can get to four corners, you know, fairly quickly, um, and then you then you're going to carry so many safeties and whatnot. Um, but Motley's going to have to be one of those guys that can cover kicks, um, and if he can do that, I think he has a chance to make the 53 man roster at minimum. I think he'll be out there and be called back. Um, you know, sort of on the practice squad, I would think. Um, but yeah, it's been quite a. Remember that name, Parnell Motley, P as they call him in Oklahoma. So. Uh, also, uh, a little kicking competition. Those two guys, was it? Elliot Fry and Matt Gay are going kick for kick. They were 10 for 10, um, in practice on Monday and with a pretty good crosswind blowing as well, which was important because we know that Gay has missed some big kicks, especially going towards the South end zone there. Uh, and Bruce Arians has said it's a competition, but I think if it's, if it's even, then Fry is probably leaving because. Uh, you know, the leg strength that Gay has and the fact that they drafted him and he he kicked last year is something that will probably, I would think, work into his favor. Uh, One final thing. Did you see where the Dolphins are going to have some fans at Hard Rock Stadium?
0: Yeah, 13,000, I believe, for the games. Ron Mm -hmm. DeSantis was at Hard Rock Stadium uh, doing a press conference talking about the uh, national championship game, which is scheduled there as well in in January and then the, the football season with Miami.
1: Wow, so they got the Super Bowl and then the National Championship game. That's really something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you, you you don't like to see it without it being socially distanced. But, of course, that begs the question, if Ron DeSantis is sort of the one that's controlling this or announcing it or encouraging it, what does that mean for the folks at Raymond James? Well, we're about a week away, I can tell you, um, before the Bucks are prepared to release um, sort of what their plan is if in fact it's legal and <laughs> which is something that there will be lawyers um, so you have to make sure that you know it, it's healthy uh, for their fans and players to to have a limited number of people in there and then the question is how much and how many people what percentage and what do you have to do to socially distance those folks in, in a stadium um, you know do you remove the, the, the you know the seats that um, flip up? Um, there's a lot of things you could do but there's they're still not quite ready to announce anything I, I just get a sense that if if the trends continue downward as they have you know for the last few days and week or so um I think with what miami's doing you know Jacksonville has said that they're going to have uh, i think like twenty percent twenty five percent of the, their stadium sold so we'll know if you're if you're holding Tickets. If you you didn't opt out, um, the Bucks will be contacting you here. I think sometime next week, and talking about you know, single game tickets and and those people that don't have a chance to uh, to try to get them. So um, that's that's all I can tell you. Uh, there is no announcement from the Bucks or anything like that, but um, they are getting closer to uh, to announcing their ticket thing. And, and look, they're going there's gonna be fans there. I really do believe that the NFL in certain cities, including Tampa, are gonna have fans.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, the
1: Tampa Bay Rays, well, they split their series with Toronto, and um, Blake Snell was on the mound. Eh, okay at times, not so good at others. Um, their defense, like, they've made some of the best plays. They, they could do a, a highlight reel of this game alone, of uh, some of the plays they made, but also some egregious errors by the same people. So, it wasn't a. It wasn't really a clean game. wasn't a well played game. They were down. They were up. They were down again, um, and they wind up splitting with Toronto, which I think they're done with the Blue Jays now. I think yeah, they have won the season it. series,
0: and I believe they're done. Yes, you're correct.
1: Yeah. So I mean, we're here's the other thing. We are half, halfway. This is the this is the halfway point of the baseball season, and it seemed like it just started, right?
0: Yeah. So they're nineteen and eleven, eight games above five hundred. Halfway mm-hmm. through. Which, with expanded playoffs to eight teams, you got to figure a 500 team probably gets in.
1: Absolutely, if
0: not even a little under 500, meaning they could probably go 11 and 19 from here on out and make the playoffs. Now you don't want right. to do that, obviously, but considering the state of their pitching staff currently, with nine oh, pitchers on the IL and Kiermaier left today's game, uh, got hit in the foot. I saw it. Uh, by a pitch. Now the X-rays were negative, so more depending on the swelling and stuff. And I believe they're scheduled to face a left-hander tonight, so he probably wouldn't have been in the lineup anyway. So he probably yeah. won't play tonight, or if, it, if anything, it'll be a pinch hit or you know defensive replacement if he's able to.
1: Right. I'll see more of uh, Margot, and you know, uh, I I commend them. Um, we talked about the other day the number of different pitchers that have had saves in this league. Uh, versus many teams that that have none, you know, um, we're still waiting to see what happens to Charlie Morton. Uh, you know, Tyler Glass now has not been very good. Now pitched okay. Um, I believe this was
0: his longest outing of the season on yes, Monday. I think you're right. So That's encouraging.
1: I think you're right. They just couldn't hold the lead this time, and you know, their their bullpen has been has been decimated, and they they you know they got in trouble with an error, and they they tried to rally back, but they fell a little bit short and. Toronto has a good hitting ball club. I mean, they deserve to win the game. But uh, but the Rays still maintain, I think they're still in first place in the AL East, right?
0: Half game ahead of the Yankees, who have not been playing for a few games because their series with what the Mets got postponed with uh, some COVID mm-hmm. concerns with the Mets. Um, so, yeah, they're a half game ahead of the Yankees halfway through the season. Right where you want to be.
1: Well, we'll see if the Rays can get going again. They host Baltimore at Tropicana Field for the next three nights, and then it's uh, back on the road uh, towards Miami, Miami, and the then big New York
0: game. to start next week, which would the end Yankees, the series yeah. with the Yankees. Yeah, that's by next Wednesday. So,
1: yeah, they've already won the series, but they still have a number of games left with them, and then yep. they'll be done with the Yankees. So, a chance to really you know try to put some some separation between them and New York uh, if they can uh, get going. Um, Let's talk about the Lightning. They, of course, you know, play in Game Two of the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs against Boston, having lost Game One three to two, got behind three to nothing, rallied late. Victor Hedman with a couple of goals, including one with just over a minute left, couldn't close out that deal. And now we've got another uh, Lightning defenseman hurt. Right?
0: Orion McDonough left the game. Uh, I believe it was early third period. Could have been late second period. Uh, right. He left the game and did not return at that point. He is a, da- a game-time decision for tonight. Um, so you have to imagine that the injury wasn't too serious where he's not going to miss a significant amount of time, you would imagine. But he could miss tonight's game, which, look, go down 0-2 is, is bad, and you never want to be down 0-2 in a series. But you're still not at a must-win. I mean, you go down 0-2, you've got to win four of the next five. Yeah, but if you lose tonight, you go down o two, and game three is less than twenty four hours later. You could be down o three in a hurry, in this series. Yeah, um, yeah. which I, so I think it's it's critical for the Lightning to get a good start tonight. There's two they've got to figure out if McDonough doesn't play. Obviously, who slides in? I think Coburn would slide in. They may mix up the defensive pairing mm-hmm. some, or you know, Hedman may get a few extra shifts with some guys. Um, right, but. They've got to figure out how they're going to stop the the line of Marshan, Pasternak, and Bergeron. Now, if you remember back to two years ago, and, and not this is different teams and different players and, and, and stuff, but they faced the Bruins two years ago and they lost the first game six to two. That day, I think the 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 that line had three or four points, couple power plays if I recall. That's off the top of my head, but they dominated that game and it was, you know, how you know, and Braden Points line was like a negative four as far as plus-minus rating in that game. And they were in charge of of stopping that line. And Cooper challenged them. And for the rest of the series, they shut them down for the most part. Braden Point had a phenomenal series. Um, A bad first game in that. So your hope is that the Lightning's coaching staff and players can figure out how they're going to play that line differently because that line, you know, they don't need a lot of space. They don't need a lot of opportunities to make it count. You know, a quick turnover. You know, Bergeron lifted... You know, the stick from McDonough stole it, gave it to Marshan in front. Right. Boom, it was mm-hmm. in. And that was the third goal. And, you know, after Chernak made a great check on Marshan to get the puck away from him. Um, you know, it doesn't take much for that line. That that line is so hard on the puck. So you've got to figure that out. And you still got to figure out your power play. You know, there's no coast, so how are you going to do it? You know, you're in the same setup you've been. You've got Sergachev's been running the point since the playoff started. They haven't converted on the power play they did twice during the round robin you've
1: got to change that steve don't Mm -hmm. you i mean i know they're probably trying to manage especially after Mm -hmm. you know uh victor Hedman got hurt and there was you know wasn't even necessarily you know known that he was going to play against columbus but i'm sure they're trying to manage some of his minutes although he played a five freaking overtime game and got out of that okay what else can you do besides make Hedman the point i I don't headman's on the second
0: power play it's not like he's not playing power play minutes
1: Right, but he, he should be starting with the the top group yeah. with Kucherov and those guys.
0: Yeah. I just think I think they need to try – without Stamkos on that other wing, teams are, are just sh- making sure Kucherov does not beat them. Right. And so if that's the way you're going to play, I think you've got to try something different. I mean, if Stamkos is back on that power play, do the – you know, headman at the point, Stammer and Kuch at the other two, oh, points in front of the net. I mean, you know – Pick your poison. Which one do you want? You want to stop Kucherov, I'll feed it to Stamkos. You want to f- stop Stamkos, I'll right. feed it to Kucherov. Right. I-, I think they've got I- – I don't know, it, you know. They've got to figure out something different. And-, and the face-offs are a big thing too. And I I, I mentioned this to uh, – I was talking to Greg Linelli, who hosts the pre- and post-game host of, of the Lightning. I- as much as they're missing Stamkos' a shot on the power play,
1: they're missing, his, they're missing
0: face-offs. his face-offs more than anything. Yes. They lose the face Bergeron does not – you know, the faceoff percentage at the end of the game, I believe it was fairly close, 54 to 46 or something percent. But
1: those aren't the big ones.
0: But it's it's not about how many faceoffs you win. It's about the critical Swear. ones. Patrice yeah. Bergeron doesn't lose a faceoff on the power play. He does, but right. it, it doesn't seem like it. They get they win the faceoff well, and stay in the offensive zone. The Lightning have been losing those faceoffs. The puck goes down the, the ice 200 feet, and then you've got to come back in. And their entries have been an issue. If you win that faceoff... You don't have to worry about entry. That's right. And, you know, Same on the, on the penalty kill as well. I mean, Stamkos is, is – is, you know, that's hurt their penalty kill some is that he's not out there taking the right-handed face-offs because he's their best right-handed fa- – he's their best face-off man. And, you know, as much grief as Stamkos gets sometimes for certain things and aspects of his game, the way he's improved on face-offs the last three to four seasons has been incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gone from an average faceoff guy to the best one on the Lightning, and one of the top guys in the league. You know, right. m- maybe t- maybe tenth, eleventh. You know, I don't know where he finished this year in percentage, but I mean. They- you don't Steven Samkos hasn't been on a penalty kill in years, but they put him out there now the last two seasons.
1: That's the whole thing. Specifically key, that, to
0: win the face off and then the hope is he gets off the ice. But and he
1: gets off. But you would never have him out there on the penalty kill, except that it's that mm-hmm. important, right? Yes. It's that mm-hmm. it's that important that that they get it. And he's and, that good. And, you, and he's that good at it. He's his percentage is that high. So um yeah, they, they they just I mean, and this goes back to the Columbus series. I mean, they just haven't gotten mm-hmm. anything out of the power play. And, you know, it, if you're going to take penalties and give them opportunities, when you do get one, you're going to have to start scoring. Um, you, you know, I think they're better than most teams five on five. But, you know, they made they made a lot. They they got here with a lot of power play goals, and mm-hmm. Stamkos was a big part of that. And now they got to figure it out. I mean, this is yep. what John Cooper gets paid the big money to do, make some adjustments. I think you're going to see them come out and hit. I think you're gonna see them come out flying I, I I think that they you know will hopefully play the right way and you know get the puck deep and get it on boards and take shots you know that was the thing that I know Esposito was screaming about like shoot the puck like just mm-hmm. throw as much as you can at that goaltender who is not too cuissque and and see if you can't get a rebound get guys in front of the net um, well you quick, might be able quit to trying to, to wind up him. for
0: a slap shot and take a wrist shot. Right. Boston right. Boston closes those lanes so quickly. Just get it quickly on the net.
1: Flick it in there, yeah.
0: Because Halak was and... giving up a lot of rebounds. If you, you could yeah, get you're... the puck to him, mm-hmm. he was giving up a lot of rebounds. So get the puck on as quick as you can. Just wrist it up there. That's what Espo kept preaching the other night during the game, is get the puck on the net. Stop trying to wind up for a slap shot. Quit hesitating. You know, Cooch and Sergeyev, I remember a couple times where they had the puck on, the, on their stick and, and probably looking to pass for a second and hesitated and then shot. It was too late. You know, one of the things Phil talks about all the time, and the more I, I watch, and if you ever watch any old hockey, is the game is so fast, and you cannot hesitate. You have to make a decision instantly. The minute you sit there and go, oh, let me see, what," you're, you're, you're already toast. These players, this game moves so fast that if, if you're hesitating, you've already lost that you've got to make snap decisions, quick decisions immediately. And you can't wait for you can't wait for something to open up. It's, you know, you've got to make that decision and it's that's that's where it's gotta be instinctual and, and the line mates and, and the the best lines have that chemistry together because they know what each other's gonna do so they don't have to think about it. They already know. They can react to that. So that, that hesitation that you just can't have in, in, in hockey with this, the pace of the game today is, is you know, the Lightning have to make quicker decisions and then, you know, m- make those quick decisions, get it on the net, and then go get it. I don't
1: That's know right. if it's, a, it's not a must win, but I'm with you. I think you got to win this game. You, you, you don't want to uh, be facing, you know, possible down 3-0. Um, this series I always thought was going to go 6 or 7 anyway, which means mm-hmm. that Boston was going to win some games. They're just too good not to. the President's Cup These are the champion. best two
0: teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, right. you know, throughout right. the season, the last two seasons, they've been the best two teams in the Eastern Conference. That's right. And, and actually, the Lightning maybe three seasons. Dominated. I'm trying to remember the season before. Uh, mm-hmm. Lightning didn't win the President's Trophy, but I think they may have been the, the most in the East at that point. Um, or maybe Washington was. But, you know, these are two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference year in and year out. Um, you know, it, it, all due respect to Columbus, who played a good series and is a good team, Mm -hmm. Boston's a lot better than Columbus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so everything that worked against Columbus isn't just going to work because you're playing a game of hockey again. I mean, you're playing a better team, a better all-around team and a better defensive team, and with probably the top line in hockey.
1: Right. And I I think they kind of figured out how they needed to play in that third Mm -hmm. period part of the second. And um, I don't know why they have these lapses. I don't know why they, you know, try to – do different things with the long passes, you know, uh, through the center of the ice that aren't going to get there and not shoot the puck and, um, you know, lose his own time. All the things that they did in that first period, it was kind of kind of disheartening right. to see the way they came out. But, but as negative as we um,
0: just were on all this, right? They were in the game. They had a shot to tie it at the end. Yes, they did. If you look at some of the advanced metrics throughout the game, and I'm not a huge advanced metrics and hockey guy, and I, maybe just because I just don't fully understand all of them, mm-hmm. um, I haven't spent enough time with it. But I did see some tweets during the game that, you know, about halfway through the game, Boston was up 2 nothing. But the advanced metrics said the Lightning should have been up 2.4 goals to 1.3 or something like that. Wow. Based on, you know, types of shots and saves, you know, and, and credit Halak for some of that and credit, you know, the, the Lightning were getting chances. They were. Um, I thought, you know, I, I thought they squandered a few. I thought the power play hurt them. And if, you know, mm-hmm. had they been better on the power play, maybe more momentum is created, et cetera. But right. I mean, the Lightning did, were getting chances. It was, I mean, the score looked bad for a while at three nothing. But I didn't think they were completely dominant. I thought Boston played a better game than them. Right. Don't, don't get me wrong; Boston deserved that win. But I didn't mm-hmm. think the Lightning played. You know, it wasn't an awful game. It wasn't, you know. I mean, they were down three nothing at one point. But you know, they made they made mistakes, and Boston made them pay for those they, mistakes.
1: Yeah, they ended up in the back in their net, and that's right. what happens when you get to this level. And I think I think they played a bad first period. Yes. I thought it was yes. really bad. After that, they were even. Um, they got unlucky. They, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they had the turnover. You can't, you know, you can't take away that turnover. But if you did, maybe they send that game into overtime. You yep. know, that third goal was an, was it Yeah, if McDonough gets that maker.
0: puck up the ice quicker, knowing Bergeron's behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, then it doesn't turn into a turnover to Marshawn right in front of an open net.
1: Yeah, and two o's a lot easier to come back from than three mm-hmm. o, and they fell one short and still had a minute with an empty net to try to make that happen. So, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a great series. I think it's gonna be close. Hedman skated really well. I was encouraged by that. You know, he he didn't seem to be laboring mm-hmm. out there at all this time. Um, I'd like we'll to see, see more
0: from the Sorelli line. Um, yeah, I don't think they've played bad in in this playoffs and since the restart, but. They're not as noticeable. I mean, and, and not just offensively, but you don't notice them on the forecheck as much. You don't notice them, you know, as much as you know we praise the Gord uh, Coleman Goodrow line in, in, in the Columbus series, and, and deservedly so. Every time they were on the ice, you noticed them, right? Because they were you they were them. causing problems for the other team. They were mm-hmm. forechecking. They were in the passing lanes in that, and you just haven't seen that from the the Sorelli Kalorn. Gord, or, uh, Johnson line consistently um, not that they've played bad but you just expect to see them more or notice them more in the game and I'd like to see them be a little more impactful in this game
1: that game is at uh, I think 7 o'clock uh, seven, yeah. seven, 7 o'clock, o'clock, o'clock tonight. Yeah. 8
0: o'clock tomorrow night for game 3 but 7 o'clock right. tonight. NBC Sports Network if you're watching it on television
1: and of course, by the time they have the national anthem, a few commercials would be more like seven twenty. But hey. uh,
0: actually, it's seven ten is the puck drop for tonight. So okay, well, uh, when it's go. on NBC network, it was eight twenty the other night. But it's actually seven. Mm-hmm. I have the timing sheet at seven ten. So
1: good, good deal. We'll actually uh, maybe get to bed before midnight. But yeah, game two will be exciting. So we'll recap all of that. Um, you know, we'll uh, tell you what's going on uh, with the Bucks. Have a chance to talk to uh, this afternoon to Vita Vea. Of course, they're great defensive tackle that's uh, really making strides um and we're not that far away man from the start of the national football league uh, just another week of practices until friday then they take saturday off friday by the way they're going to have a scrimmage over at raymond james stadium it is close to the public was well, damn near close to us as well i think we're going to have a chance to go in there and take a peek and um you know so uh, a lot of things to sort of examine with them, and uh, you can check us all out on tampabay.com. We're here in the podcast every Monday through Friday. We appreciate you guys listening. For Steve Verstynck, I'm Rick Stroud. By the way, the Tampa- by the way,
0: oh, sorry, you mentioned that uh, uh, you mentioned that the NFL we're not far away from. Did you know there's a college football game this weekend? Excuse me, there is a college football. I'm trying to look. I don't remember the teams now. It's not a one A. 1A- Team. Division it's, one, it's the the next level Division down. Division
1: three, Division yeah, I one. I think it's going to be on
0: ESPN like nine o'clock Saturday night. But there is a college Seriously. football game this Saturday scheduled.
1: Wow, wow. Well, that's cool. They're coming to my city. Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know if
1: uh, maybe it's Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh,
0: possibly. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I could remember it's the team. Big I saw Sunbelt it earlier today, game. and I meant to. I meant to save it, and I I couldn't. Uh, I I didn't. So. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, get a hold. I'll have of to my, look at. We'll get it later on the podcast this week. But there is. I'm a, getting
1: a hold of my Arkansas State uh, schedule and making sure that they're not playing because I'm not going to miss that. That might be, that might be some of the better football we see this year, as it turns out, without the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Anyway, we uh, we will see or talk to you guys tomorrow for Steve Versnick. Have a great day. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times.
0: Mom